I want to encourage you, if you didn't bring pen and paper, the bulletin has a place on the back for notes. I want to encourage the young people, high school, college, those out of college, anyone that you're, you know you've got to seek God for guidance and direction. Lord has brought me on a journey this week, and He's good about journeys. I believe this Word is going to build you and edify you, for it's the Word of the Lord. And Romans chapter 8, and we mentioned some of these things already as we see here. We saw in verse 14, it says, Because those who are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. Look at you and say, I'm a son of God, daughter of God. Verse 19 says, The creation waits in eager expectation for the sons of God to be revealed. Other translation says that all the creation is standing on its tiptoes waiting to see a real live son of, and daughter of God. Hallelujah. How many know you're a real live son and daughter of God? You know, Cindy Jacobs in this school we took this week mentioned something about how the animal kingdom is part of creation. And it says there in Romans chapter 8 that the nature, not only the earth, the natural things, but also the animal kingdom is desiring and yearning for the manifestation of the sons of God. There's a knowing on the inside of them, even as animals can sense there's a panic and something going on when there's a fire. Well, they're sensing even in it, sensing that there is something that is about to happen and going on, and they're desiring to be loosed from what could be into what will be through Jesus' name. And she was talking about in Florida the the uh, new attacks through sharks and the new attacks through uh, alligators, but also many of the people in Miami have been raised in pythons and they've gotten so big that they were they've been bringing them and letting them loose in the keys. And now there's a big problem in the Keys with these big old pythons and, and, and people and animals are going through problems because of these pythons. So I think there's a few of us that we're going to send there as missionaries. How many are ready? How many has got to call into to the python-infested jungle? No, uh, not me. But I was thinking about that, and as I was meditating, I thought I'd go look up something in, in, a, in one of the Torahs, in the book of the, the Hebrew rabbis. And it, it makes sense because according to the Hebrew rabbis, when they wrote in the days, according to Deuteronomy, well, according to Exodus, that when God sent plagues, the rabbis say it this way, creation, the natural creation, the rivers and so forth and so on, but also the animals were used to show Pharaoh, let my sons go. And God used nature in the seven plagues to reveal the sons and daughters of the living God. And at the end, Pharaoh let them go. There's something happening on this earth, something supernatural. You can see we watched on a show yesterday about animals that usually don't attack people or attacking people. You hear about this lady who was around here. They found her dead because of her pit bulls and so forth and so on. You hear different things happening and the earth is manifesting in different ways because the earth is saying, I want to be free from his slavery, but I want to see the manifestation of the sons of God. And God is raising up a people to be manifested. But as I was meditating, I was praying on this. This is something else. You can see that the animal kingdom and natural disasters, volcanoes, all these things are rising up worse and worse. And you can see that all these things are saying, we want to see a real live Son of God. But this is what the Spirit of God told me. Just like with the anticipation and yearning that nature is calling for the manifestation of the sons of God, we've got to match and go beyond that same yearning as sons of God to see the manifestation of God in our lives. 
We've got to be yearning and desiring to see the manifestation of God in our lives. Just like there's a rising up in the nature and there's a rising up in these creatures, there's got to be a rising up in the church where I've got to see the face of God. I've got to see a move of God. I've got to experience the presence of God. But that has to be a yearning that you and I have to just stir up daily that I've got to know God more than I've ever known Him before. I've got to experience Him like I've never experienced Him before. And I want to share this Scripture with you. I've got it written down. You don't have to look it up. In Jeremiah 24, 7, I will give them a heart to recognize, understand, and be acquainted with me that I am the Lord and they shall be my people and I will be their God and they shall return to me with their whole heart. Their whole heart. God is looking for a people who is wanting to experience Him, a people who's wanting to have intimacy with Him. You know, when I, I married my wife, I'll just say this. I married her, and even though we were married, and we've been together for over 28 years, married over 25 and a half years, I didn't marry her so that I could explain her to people. I married her because I wanted to experience her. I've been married 25 and a half years, and I still cannot explain her. And I never will be able to totally explain her. But I can experience her. Because the experience goes beyond the explaining. Come on, church. I can explain her details. I can explain some of her character. I can explain a number of things I've come to know. But I didn't marry her to communicate to her through email. I didn't marry her to have a relationship over the phone. I married her because I wanted to constantly be with her and experience her and she'd experience me. And that is what God is saying, that when you will return and search for me with all of your heart, if you will search for me, you will find me. And church, we will never be able to explain all that God is. We will never be able to explain. I've got four libraries of books. And I've been saved since 1969 in the ministry, since 1981. And I cannot explain even a quarter or an inch of all that God and all that His Word and all that His wonder says. I can't explain God. But oh, there are times when I can experience God. That words I can't even say and explain what I feel. But what I know one thing, what I feel is real. And when we have a church like that to where, well, explain your doctrine. Let me explain my Jesus. Let me tell you what He did for me, what He did in me, what He did through me, what He's doing for my family. Let me tell you about the Messiah who took me and rescued me. Can't explain Him. Explain the Trinity. Explain this, explain that. Let's, let's fight over doctrine. I ain't fighting over doctrine. Let me tell you about my God and how much I love Him. Let me tell you how real He was. How He took my son and He healed him from autism. And now he's an honor roll student. How He took 
the different ones in this church and heal them of cancer and Sister Terry and so many others and rearrange your life. I'm not going to argue doctrine. I'm going to talk about a God that I can experience in a daily moment. You hear me, church? That's what it's about. That's what it's about. They that are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Look at me in Isaiah 42. I know we went there last week, but I want to show you the importance of being led by the Spirit of God as we get deeper into this today. Isaiah 42, verse 18. The New American Standard. Hear, you deaf. Hear, hear. And look, you blind, that you may see. Who is blind but my servant? We call the world blind, but God is saying, I have my people who are blind. Are so deaf as my messenger whom I send. Who is so blind as he that is at peace with me? Are so blind as the servant of the Lord? You have seen many things. You've seen many things, but you do not observe them. And we saw that word observe means to retain or to keep, as Adam was told, to keep the garden. We see them maybe on Sunday morning, and we forget them for Monday morning. Your ears are open, but none hears. Verse 22, what's wrong with my life? But this is a people plundered and despoiled. All of them are trapped in caves or hidden away in prisons. They have become a prey with none to deliver them and a spoil with none to say, give it all back. Who among you give ear to this? Who will give heed and listen hereafter? God is saying, I'm wanting to speak. I'm wanting to guide. God has a voice. And we have on our sign that His majestic voice, glorious voice shall be heard. God is wanting to speak to you for your individual and your, your lives and your homes. But he's saying you've got to have ears to hear and a heart to receive it because my people are plundered. Now I want you to see something here. You see in Isaiah 22 it says, Seeing, you have seen many things. And it says again, seeing. That word seeing there, if you're writing notes, it means to feel and experience. There's that word experience. I shared, I cannot explain it all, but I can experience in my soul. I can experience in my body. It means to understand, to see, and to enjoy for oneself. So God is trying to say He's wanting us to hear from Him. And I shared with you last week in Psalms 27, 11, Teach me thy way. Write that down. Every, write that down in your notes. Psalms 27, 11, Teach me thy way, O Lord, and lead me. That word lead means to, to, to lead or to uh, transport in the, in the plain path. And I'll share something about this word lead in a minute. Also, it says in Proverbs 14, 12, there's a way which seems right to a man, but its end is the end of death. Don't go by what you see or by what you feel. In all of your ways, wisdom is crying out. In all of your ways, acknowledge Him. Don't make up your mind because there's a way. How many of you know that there are choices and we can make the wrong choices? And we've got to realize that there is a way that seems right to a man. Oh, well, I'm going to do this. Oh, I'm going to go here. Oh, I'm going to go there. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. 
The Holy Spirit says, well, if you want to be a son manifest, manifested in these end times and walk in my perfect will, you've got to hear from me and you've got to be led by me. Write down 1 Samuel chapter 12, verses 23 through 25 says, And I will teach you the way that is good and right. The way that is good and right. But be sure to fear the Lord and serve Him faithfully with all of your heart. Consider what great things He has done for you. For if you persist in doing evil, both you and your king will be swept away. There's a way that seems right, but it end is death. How many of you know there's always choices in what we can do? But many times we pay the prices for those choices. I know there are people here that you, could, you would say, let me tell you, I wish I could tell every young person I can, don't make the choices I made. My mom and dad tried warning me. My pastor tried warning me. Different ones tried telling me different things. But, oh, no, I knew what I was supposed to do. The Word of God is saying, let me teach you and let me train you. Write this down. Psalms 5, verse 8. Psalms 5, verse 8. Here's the word again. Lead me, O Lord, in thy righteousness. The word righteousness means a legal contract. Faithful to expectations, to mercy, to mildness, and to prosperity. That word righteousness means, it's a legal term, faithful to expectations, to mercy, to mildness, and prosperity. It says, lead me, O Lord, in thy righteousness because of mine enemies. Make thy way straight before my face. Now that word lead, I gave you a word, I gave you a scripture while ago with that word lead. It means to transport. It means God to govern you. But it also, I looked it up in, in the Torah. And that there, when it talks about the clouds, listen to this. The rabbis write the cloud as a cloud of honor. The divine cloud. And according to Deuteronomy 10.33-34, when Israel was being led by the cloud, they took those words and studied them in Hebrew. And this is what the different rabbis say. According to Rashi on the verse, on this verse, the divine cloud dispersed all obstacles facing the Jews as they walked through the wilderness. Listen to this. These are written facts by the rabbis. As the cloud went forth, it flattened peaks of mountains, filled in the open crevices, and exterminated the snakes and the scorpions. You say, well, I can't believe that. Then how can you believe that their shoes and clothes didn't wear out for 40 years? Well, you want to know one reason the shoes didn't wear out? There was no rocky open crevices or rocks to walk upon. The cloud, the face of God would go before them. And as the mountain would go, the mountains would melt and the crevices would fill and the snakes and scorpions would die. God had to allow the snakes in when they murmured against Moses as a curse because unless He allowed the snakes in, snakes were killed and scorpions were killed just in the presence of God. Now listen, if this happened because of the cloud of God and the Old Covenant, now that we've got the blood of Jesus, 
And when you and I are walking, he says, you shall tread upon serpents and scorpions and nothing shall by any means harm you. That means that when you are walking in the way of God, not in your own way, but when you are walking, being led and in the way of God, the demonic forces have to flee from before you. The things that would want to, schemes of the devil that would want to take you down will have to flee before you because you are the manifested son and daughter of God walking in the way of the Lord. And if the Lord has told you to do something, it's because he's already gone ahead and prepared the way for it to be done. Well, my wife and I, we, tra- we crossed Mexico six different times when we lived and we worked with the Mayans in the jungle on the border, the frontier of uh, Guatemala. And we were going back one time and we had our van all full of stuff, our truck. We had a truck all full of stuff. And I've told this story a number of times in the past, but some of you never heard it. And so we, were, we traveled six days through Mexico. We were only 21 miles away from our home and we were all excited. And I had forgot that I had lent my jack to a missionary in Belmapan. And when we crossed this little wooden bridge... The nails came up and they busted both of my back tires and I pulled over to the side and there I had two flat tires in the middle of the jungle, uh, 21 miles away from home, and I didn't have a jack. So my wife and I got out and we prayed what to do and we saw a little hut down the road so we walked to this little hut and I'm talking about a hut in the jungle. We walked to this little hut, knock on the door in the middle of the jungle and a white man opens the door speaking his perfect English. And we go, wow, who are you? He says, well, who are you? He says, I'm from Baker, Louisiana. <laughs> so he says, can I help you? I, I mean, here we are, two young teenagers from Louisiana. And here's this guy from Louisiana, an angel from Louisiana. And, 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 and he says, can I help you? I said, well, I have two flat tires. I don't have a, any way to jack my truck up. Do you have something to help? He says, well, we'll look around. And we looked around and went to the truck and tried a few things. And he says, i tell you what. Let me go see what I can do and I'll be back. So my wife and I are standing there and he takes off and he turns right to go down to that little hut and he disappears. Well, we're standing there. All of a sudden we hear some noise to the left and bushes and stuff start moving. The cahoon, the the, uh, big leaf palms and all that start moving. And this is to the left. All of a sudden he comes breaking out of the jungle with a forklift to the left hand side. And he comes out of the jungle with a forklift, gets behind our truck, picks up the whole truck, changes both tires, put it down, don't even break a sweat. We tell him thank you, and we go on down the road. When you're in the way of the Lord, God already knows even where you're going to have a flat tire or you're going to need Him, and He'll already be there to have the answer already set up for you when you are in the way of the Lord. Amen. There was another time we were on the border of Mexico. And they already shut the border down and we were on a time schedule. We had to hurry and get back. And they said, well, the, the immigration said, you're not crossing. So we went back to our van and we were praying. And here comes this little uh, Mexican with an Italian hat on, one of these little Italian hats on. And he comes up to me and he says, I heard you want to cross. And, I, and I'm wondering, what's this guy talking to me for? I said, yeah. He says, well, won't you come with me? And so I prayed about it and I had a peace in my heart. So I said, honey, get in the vehicle and lock the door. <laughs> and I'm going to go with this guy. So me and this little guy, Mexican, we start walking and we walk down the sidewalk for quite a while, ways. And we go inside of this. He says, come inside. And we come inside. He says, this is going to cost you $50. I said, that's all right. I'll give you $50. And he starts typing and typing and pulls that paper out. Then he says, okay, let's go. So we walked out and there's this old car. It didn't have windows. 
It didn't have any paint left. It had barbed wire holding the bumper, and I mean, it was shabby. And there's this other Mexican guy behind the wheel, and this little Mexican with me, he says, now you get in the middle. In Reynosa, Mexico. How many of you would get in that car? Unless you were led by the Spirit. It was close to midnight by then, and she's praying for me, wondering, where am I locked in the vehicle? Well, the Spirit of God tells me, get in there. So I get in there, and here comes this guy, and I'm sitting in the middle, and they start taking me. I don't know where. And we're driving in that old car, going all over the place. And all of a sudden, they turn down the street, and we end up in this real fancy neighborhood with big old gates. And the little fellow next to me gets out, goes, rings the doorbell. And here comes this elderly man in his pajamas, shows him my paper. He signs the paper. He comes back to me and says, there's your paper. That man is the colonel in charge of immigration, and he just signs your papers. You're free to cross. And we got in our vehicle, and that night past midnight, we were able to cross. Why? This leading and the provision of the Spirit of God. God has the contacts for you. We can tell story after story after story how God provides and gets you in the contacts that you need. But you've got to learn to hear and heed and be led by the Spirit of the Lord. Amen. Write this down. Psalms 32, verse 8. I will instruct thee and teach thee in the way that thou shalt go and will guide you with my eye. Or that word I there is with my face. Now, when I look that up, listen to this. It means, that word I means the mercy and the tenderness of God. Come on, write this down. The tenderness and the mercy of God. I looked that word I up and saw it meant the tenderness and the mercy of God, but it also means the face of God. And this is what it explains in the Word of God. Now, listen to this. The face of God, He was saying to the children in the desert, I want to be so good to you that I want you to be able to look me in the face and feel my love in everything that I do for you. But according to the Word of God, how many of you have ever received a gift that was just you thought was just too much? How many of you know when somebody gives you something and you look at it and you go, oh my God, it's hard to look them in the face because it's just so outstanding. Well, that's how the Israelis felt, the Hebrews felt in the wilderness. God is so big, I can't look Him in the face. But God is constantly saying, but I want you to look me in my face so that you can see how much I love you and how pleased I am with you. Don't be overwhelmed with all my goodness. Stare at me and receive not only what I give you, but all that I am. You hear me, church? When you're making your plans to follow God, it's not just what you know. It's what you can experience when He's giving it to you. And that's why when He came down the mountain, they said, Moses, you go see God. We can't see Him and live. And God would say, but I want you to see my face. I want you to see my face in everything that I do, in every miracle that I do for you, for everything that I give you. I want you to see me in it all. How many of you know God is not against you knowing His will? And how many know you can beat the enemy by knowing the will of God? Amen? Psalms 27, verse 8. Write that down. Psalms 27, verse 8. This is the Amplified Bible. You have said, Seek ye my face, inquire for and require my presence as your vital need. Inquire for my presence as your vital need. My heart says to you, Your face, Lord, will I seek. Inquire for and require as necessity on the authority 
of your word. Now, Psalms 46, verse 10. Be still and know that I am God. Now, I want you to write this down. That word be still there in the, in the Hebrew. Write this down. That word be still there means stop striving. Stop striving. It means let go and relax. I'm talking to some people here this morning. Be still and know that I am God means relax and let it go. Stop fretting over it. Stop worrying over it. It means turn down the volume of what you're hearing and listen for the quiet whisper that I will speak. The word be still means to rest in my presence and come to know me as your rest. Now, some scriptures to back this up in 2 Chronicles 14.7. That's 2 Chronicles 14.7. It says, Because we have sought the Lord our God, we have sought Him, and He hath given us rest on every side. And so they built and prospered. Because we have sought the Lord, He has given us rest, and we have prospered on every side. Now, write down 2 Chronicles 15.12. 2 Chronicles 15.12. And they entered a covenant to seek, say with me, seek, to seek the Lord God of their fathers with all of their heart and with all of their soul. And verse 15 says, and he was found of them and the Lord gave them rest. Say rest, rest round about. Second Chronicles 26 verse 5. And he sought God in the days of Zechariah, who had understanding in the visions of God. And as, listen to this. And as long as he sought the Lord, God made him to prosper. As long as he sought the Lord. That word know means to have an experimental, exceptional knowledge of God and to experience him for yourself. How many remember in Luke chapter 1 when the angel appeared to Mary and said that you're going to conceive and have a child, bring forth a son, and his name shall be called Jesus. And how many know that... That Mary answered back and the angel said, with God, nothing's impossible. Listen to the Greek interpretation and write this down. For with God, nothing is impossible. Listen to the Greek interpretation and write it down. Or you can get the DVD, the CD. For no word spoken by God is without power. For no word spoken by God is without power. For no word spoken by God is without power. Now, after that, Mary said, be it unto me according to your word. This is what Mary said in the Hebrew. May the word of the Lord be created in me. May the be it unto me, even according to your word. She used the Greek word for accomplish and to create. And she said, may the word of the Lord, Jesus, the word, His word be fulfilled and created in me. Now, how many of you ever heard Isaiah 55, 11? I know I'm giving you a lot of scripture, but I know the more you get, the better off you are. Amen. Now, listen to this. Isaiah 55, 11. So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing where I sent it. Now, that word accomplish is the Hebrew word, asap, A-S-A-P-H. That is the same word for be it unto me that Mary said. And it means to create what I send to create. 
It means a construction, a performance. It speaks of God's creative activity. The Lord is saying, so shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return on me a void, but it shall create and perform and do what I sent it forth to do. Now, Jeremiah 1.12 says, for I will hasten my word to perform it. That word perform is the same word to create with it. I will send my word to create that lung. Hallelujah. Now listen to Numbers 30, 23 verse 19. God is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should repent. Hath he said and shall he not do it? That word do it is the same word Mary said, and it's the same word we just read in Jeremiah and Isaiah. It means, and shall he not create it? Don't you dare go by what you don't see. Because he says, will I not speak it, and will I not also be able to create it and perform it? Create it with power. And how many know you've inherited that creative power? Amen? Now I want to show you the example. Look at me First Samuel, and I'll be coming to an end here. Look at me First Samuel. You've got to see this because I want to just bring all this word into an example here. First Samuel chapter 9. You still here? Amen. Feels like we're still in school. First Samuel chapter 9 verse 3. The way of the Lord is rest. The way of the Lord is peace. But look what we have to do to get there. And I'm getting ready to give you some answers to your life right now. 1 Samuel chapter 9, verse 3. Now the donkeys... How many know it's okay to preach on donkeys? Now the donkeys of Kish, Saul's father, were lost. And, it says, and Saul told his son, uh, and, and Kish told his son, Take now with you one of the servants and arise and go search for the donkeys. And it says that he passed the hill country of Ephraim, and, he, and they did not find them. And he passed through the land of Shalim, but they were not there. Then he passed through the land of the Benjamites, and they did not find them. Now, I just let me give you something here before we go on. Here's this young man looking for something that is very valuable to his family. And he's gone on this long trip, and all of a sudden he's at his wits' end. And he's saying, I can't find them, they're lost. Have you ever been asking God to show you his will, and it feels like I just can't hear from God? Did you ever start looking for something and it seemed like you never could find the answer? Did it seem like you were almost to the point where you knew you were getting ready to find something and you heard it was here, so you went there and it wasn't there. So you went another place and it wasn't there. And it's constantly searching for what seems to be lost. Now look at this. Verse 4. He did not find them. They did not find them there. Jump down with me to verse 15. I'm sorry. Verse 15. Now, a day before Saul's coming, say a day before. How many of you know God knows every step we're going to take even before time? So God is preparing something for this young man. Now watch this, because this is how it works in our lives as sons who are being led by the Spirit of God. Now, a day before Saul's coming, the Lord had revealed this to Samuel, saying, About this time tomorrow, I will send you a man from the land of Benjamin. And you shall anoint him to be prince over my people Israel, and he will deliver my people from the hand of the Philistines. For I have regarded my people because of their cry has come to me. When Samuel saw Saul, the Lord said to him, Behold, the man of whom I spoke to you, the one who shall rule over my people. Do you see this? God didn't even mention donkeys. 
God mentioned destiny. What you are thinking and worrying on so hard is most of the time not what God is going to talk to you about. All Saul's going, I can't find my daddy's donkeys. I can't find my daddy's. I can't find them. They're lost. I'm at my wits end. I don't know what I'm going to do if I cannot find them. And God has spoken to the prophet something completely different. Look at verse 19. Samuel answered Saul and said, I am a seer. Go up here before me in the high place, and you shall eat with me. I'm not interested in eating with you. I've got to find my donkeys. And the prophet says, Come up to the high place and eat with me today, and in the morning I will let you go and will tell you all that is on your mind. Now look at verse 20. As far as your donkeys, which were lost three days ago, Look at this now and underline this. Do not set your mind on them. Underline that. The prophet Samuel is saying, what you are worrying and fretting over and what you are seeking over is not really what I want to reveal to you. I'm not a God just to take you to this point. I'm the God, listen church, that wants to take you beyond. And you're worrying about what you are looking for today where I want to reveal to you what you're going to have this year. You hear me, church? Do not set your mind. Stop worrying about donkeys. Your, you being here is not about donkeys. You being here is about the purpose of God. For they have found them. And for whom is all, this desire, all, all that is desirable in Israel, is it not for you and for your father's household? Now, now look at, he was saying, clear your mind. Look, look at verse uh, 22. And Samuel took Saul and his servant and brought them into the hall and gave them a place at the head of those who were invited. And they were about 30 men. And Samuel said to the cook, bring the portion that I gave you concerning that which I said to you. Set it aside. God has something set aside for you. But listen, you're not going to get what you're seeking for the way you've been seeking for it. It comes through this way. Verse 24. And the cook took up the leg with what was on it and set it before Saul. And Samuel said, Here is what was, has been reserved. Set it before you and eat because it has been kept for you until the appointed time... Since I said I have invited the people, so Saul ate with Samuel that day. Do you know what this is saying? Listen, church, this is what this is saying. I have set all your purpose and destiny aside for you. But until you decide to take the time and sit with me and spend time with me, you'll continue worrying about those things that have nothing to do for your tomorrow. You see this? You've so, been so worried about the donkeys where God has told me to prepare all of this for you because you were coming. And when you would come, you would have to take time with me because I have the answers. That is what the Father is trying to tell the church. You know why you're still looking for the donkeys? Because you're watching too much TV and not spending time on your knees with me. 
You know why the donkey? Do you know why the finances? Do you know why your marriage is always the worry on your mind? Because you're not seeking me about what I have for you in purpose and destiny. You're seeking me over the problems and that which you can't find. You're seeking me over your worries and that which is fretting you. You are seeking me for that which is driving you crazy. But I want you to spend time and have communion with me because I have set a place for you at the head of my table where I'm going to give you revelation knowledge that you didn't even come expecting. I've got things to reveal and speak to you that you haven't even heard before. And while you have been caught up in those things which is so little, I've got kingdom business on my mind to reveal it to you if you would just come and spend time with me. Get it off of your mind. Let me lead you and let me guide you. That word, the whole shoulder of the leg meant time needed to, uh, to prepare it. Now look at verse 27. And they were going down to the edge of the city. And Samuel said to Saul, Say to thy servant that he might go ahead of us and pass on. How many of you know sometimes you're going to have to get alone with God? Because what he has to tell you is between you and him. But he said to Saul, But you remain standing now that I may proclaim the word of God to you. Church, as pastor, I'll tell you right now, what I hear 95% of the time is out of a heart of desperation and not a heart of faith. Not of a people who are still before God, but of people who are wearied and wore down by the cares of life. The word of the Lord to you is the word that will get you through. But while we go around looking for words from one another, and we try escaping what's stressing us through entertainment, and never getting at the table and spending time and hours before the answer and counsel of all counsel, we will live a life of fretfulness. We will live a life of anger. I see you love me right now. But I'm telling you the truth. But what am I going to do about that man I'm married to? God's not even going to talk to you about that man. God's going to talk to you about you. What am I going to do about this job? God's not going to talk to you about the job. God's going to talk to you about you. I want to speak some things to you. He says, send him on ahead. Chapter 10, verse 1. Then Samuel, look what happens when you spend the time with God... What breaks the yoke? What lifts the burden? Hello? Hello? Answer me, church. What lifts the burden? The anointing. What destroys the yoke? After he had spent time with God, what happened in verse 1? Then Samuel took the oil and poured it on his head and kissed him and said, Has not the Lord anointed you to be ruler of his inheritance? See, it wasn't about finding the donkeys. It was about finding out your inheritance. And be anointed with the anointing of the Lord to walk through. Ooh, this is good stuff. And then verse 2 through 9, we don't have time to read it. But let me just tell you this. Out of all the prophetic words, verses 2 through 9 is the most clear prophetic word given to any person in the Word of God. Why? He took the time 
to hear. Isaiah said, you are spoiled, you are plundered, you are in pits, not able to get out because you have eyes that do not see and ears that do not hear. Samuel was, Saul was so busy looking for things that could not, he could not find when the answer for more than that, your daddy's not even going to have to worry about donkeys anymore. You're inheriting all of Israel. You're getting ready to enter a place you've never even dreamed of before. And God loads down His creative purpose for you. Now, Isaiah 30, 30 says, And the Lord shall cause His glorious voice to be heard. In the Hebrew, the Lord Yahweh, His glorious voice is coming. Amen? The Lord is going to speak into your life. He's going to tell you to remember the deliverances of the wilderness. But remember, my ways are higher than your ways. And my thoughts, my creative power are higher than your thoughts. Don't go by what you see, what you hear, or what you feel. Seek my eyes and my ears, for my thoughts will create, my ways will manifest, and my words shall not return void. But he says, you've got to disoccupy your mind. Church, God has given us an open door for this year to be different. But he's calling this a year of the open door where our ears are to hear and our eyes are to see. It's time for that which has been spoiling and that which has been robbing and plundering us to be broken in the name of Jesus. There's a promise and there's a revelation and there's an inheritance that God wants to speak into our lives. He wants to give us, but we have to spend the time with Him alone. Alone. Listen. It's time to live a baptized life. It's time to be immersed. Because the word lead is also to pour as waters. It's time to live a life that is led or submerged or is covered under the waters of the knowledge and the glory of the Lord. He wants to immerse us. He wants to send us underneath knowledge to walk in revelation Let's stand up right quick, please.